I have been studying an inspector calls for the past year and, in that time, I've reached the conclusion that it is boring as hell, and makes no sense. The characters are two-dimensional cliches who Priestley uses to tell a convoluted and nonsensical plot. The play is a purely an outdated political message disguised as a story. It attempts to argue the socialist point of view and show the audience why they should care more about everyone, because actions have consequences and all that. However, he doesn't even manage to get this message across, because of the awful ending, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I've been asked to write an essay on the relationship between the older and younger Burlings. So, I'm going to do that first. Mr. Burling is rich and comes from new money, he worked hard for his wealth. Then he married Mrs. Burling a pretentious, self-important woman from old money, who has never done a day's work. They have two children, Sheila and Eric, who have been sheltered by their mother and used as business pawns by their father. Eric will take over the company and Sheila will marry Gerald, the wealthy son of the owner of a rival company, so Mr. Burling's company has less competition. Burling, being the patriarch of his family feels deeply threatened when an inspector walks into the family dinner time and starts asking questions. Burling, is a fundamentally unlikable person which is intentional on Priestley's part. He serves as the catalyst for the story when he fires Eva Smith. Then does nothing at all until the inspector leaves again, at which point he reverts to the bumbling caricature he has been set up as in his early speeches, about how unsinkable the Titanic is or how the Germans don't want a war. Admittedly there are some nice moments of conflict between him and his children at the end. Sheila, I want to get out of this. It frightens me the way you talk. Burling, nonsense. Although, all of Mr. Burling's responses to Gerald begin with the stage direction triumphantly. As if he has come up with the ideas himself, he just jumps on Gerald's bandwagon to make himself look good. But we'll come back to the final scene later. Let's move to Sheila and Eric. Sheila is just a truly unlikable person. She begins the play exactly as she ends it, a stuck-up, pretentious, self-important, naive child. Infantilized by her parents and her self-impertinent is such a silly word. Except she now understands that poor people have feelings too. She gets Eva fired, then finds out she also died, afterwards. This makes Sheila very sad. Priestley attempts to prove this is some kind of development by continuously shoving it down our throats that Sheila is very sorry. All her sadness comes from the selfish opinion that Eva Smith has ruined her night. I was having such a lovely evening. Never mind the woman has died, because Sheila Burling's evening has been ruined. Sheila suffers from what I like to call Emily in Paris syndrome where Priestley and the characters in the play make out, like she is an incredible person who has changed so much and is now so likable except her actions do not fit this idea. Sheila's personality then completely changes for the final scene. Finally, she seems to show some remorse and even tries to get her family to feel it too. But don't get me started on that yet. Eric is a great character, or he would be if all his development hadn't happened before the play even started. Upon rereading the play, there's a ton of not-so-subtle clues that show Eric already has an understanding of how the poor live. Yes, I remember, I think it's a damn shame, it's terrible for them. He already has remorse, making Eric super boring, his development comes when he realizes his mother is cruel and heartless, something so clear from her very first scene you're not supposed to say that. It is just boring to watch play out. Eric doesn't change at all in the play. He doesn't even get a chance to emote when he finds out his child died when Eva did. There isn't even any recognition of the fact that he raped Eva, which seems odd given that the inspector is a police officer and this was illegal outside marriage at the time. Eric isn't a character he's a plot device with a face. Mrs. Burling is the worst character in the play, Edna is more interesting than Mrs. B. Sybil Burling is a caricature of the wealthy. She acts like a Disney villain, 
saying things like deserving cases or I don't feel sorry it just feels a little over the top. I think Priestley is trying to comment on the inherent classism prevalent among the upper class, but Sybil's one character trait is that she hates the poor. Why? Because they are poor. She believes in the class system because it's all she has ever known. This could be an extremely interesting avenue to explore but Priestley is much more interested in getting his message across than writing an interesting story. In the plan I've been given for this essay it says this next paragraph should be about how the inspector changes Eric and Sheila's minds. But I think it's quite clear from what I said earlier that the inspector didn't change their minds at all. So, I'm just going to skip over that and turn to the final scene in the play. I hate this final scene. It is awful. Priestley decides he needs to make the play even more ambiguous and he does this by completely rewriting Sheila and remembering that Gerald and Mr. Burling exist again. He also uses this final scene to try and explain his message. The conflict here is no longer between the inspector and the others, but between Sheila, Eric and the others. According to Burling, and the English department there is some kind of conflict between the older and younger generations. But given the way Sheila has acted throughout the play I don't understand her choice to side with Eric. Priestley it seems, agrees with me because he basically writes a whole new character who looks and sounds like Sheila but is in fact completely different. Sheila 2.0 actually feels sorry for Eva Smith and thinks the adults should be upset about what's happened. Sheila 2.0 forgets about how up until now her main reason to be angry is that her evening is ruined and instead complains that the adults have been acting as a disgusting way, while ignoring the fact that she has acted like this as well. Then we come to Eric, the only character in this scene who actually seems like the same one we know already. He has conflict with the adults because he doesn't want them to push this under the rug, he accepts he has done bad things and wants the others to do so too. Then there is Gerald, a character who up until now has been portrayed as nothing other than a man with good intentions but a somewhat warped attitude to women. He cheats on Sheila but then still thinks he can reconcile their engagement and helps Eva, before keeping her in a house so they can have sex. He is a character who could have been great but Priestley completely neglects him until he becomes necessary for the plot. He goes outside for a bit, and presumably has a load of off-stage development because he comes back as Sherlock Holmes. Suddenly he's the smartest guy in the room, and Mr. Burling is almost drooling all over him. Gerald of all people shouldn't be pushing this under the rug, earlier in the play he is the only person to actually do something nice for Eva. He has no reason to stand with the Burlings anymore, he's not marrying Sheila, he has no connection to the family anymore. This could have been a great moment for him. But Priestley needs his message about how the younger generation are the future, or the play is pointless. But putting all that aside does the actual conflict work, is it engaging? The answer is yes. The intergenerational conflict is really interesting, it explores the opinions of the young versus the old. And Priestley's message is clear. The generations disagree because the older ones want everything to stay the same, need everything to stay the same, whereas the younger generation want change and see that this system is flawed and broken. The problem is that Priestley focuses so much on his message he neglects to develop the characters. This conflict feels so one-sided because we don't see the reasoning behind Mr. and Mrs. Burling's views. They are not real people they are just there to show Priestley's message and it doesn't work. For conflict to be successful we have to understand both sides of the argument. Let's look at how to do that. In Avengers, Infinity War, Thanos is the villain and the Avengers are the heroes. But we actually see why Thanos has an oppositional view, we empathize with him. He is wrong because his methods are incorrect and he wants to do bad things, but we've seen his backstory he is a good villain because we can empathize with him. The older Burlings are not good villains because they are only there to be villains. This can work sometimes but, as can be seen in most of the superhero movies, just being evil doesn't make the antagonist interesting. 
or the message count. I think the inspector is a really, really interesting character, who is full of untapped potential. The main problem with him is that Priestley doesn't know how to characterize him. He has so much power for large portions of the play I don't play golf and then says some things that really don't fit the character had been pretty very pretty or made love. These lines seem very unprofessional even reading it for the first time you pick up on them. I like that there are clues like these that allude to the twist. However, they seem a little too obvious and feel like Priestley either forgot they were there, or just didn't bother to acknowledge them. They really, really don't fit the character. I don't know what the inspector is, I've read some theories that say he's an angel, or that he killed Eva and blamed it on the Burlings because it's the only way to make them actually understand their actions, I love this idea. I don't like the idea of them being in an infinite time loop, because it makes no sense. My final problem with the play is the ending. I hate the phone call, because it leaves the audience feeling like everything was fake. If there is no phone call then Priestley's message means more, because then it could have been multiple women and the idea that everyone is the same is the final message, not just that your actions have consequences. The phone call is dumb because it destroys the socialist themes and leaves the audience with actions of consequences. The whole point of the play is the message. Priestley literally sacrifices everything that makes a good story for his message, and then mucks it up at the last second. 